Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Welcome to uh, Save the Cowboy. My name is Dave Hoffman, and uh, they must be pretty hard up to ask me to speak tonight. Um, Mitch is who you're probably used to, right? Tyler, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to um, give you a little, uh, not, not a long history lesson, but my name's Dave Hoffman. I, I'm not as cowboy as you guys are. I rode bucking horses for 20 years, and I'm a horseshoer, but uh, I, I don't know all that much about cows, so don't hold that against me. But uh, I do, I, try, I talked to God all week about this, and I really was trying to get out of having to give this message, because I'm really, I feel like I'm really good at giving gospel messages. You know, it's really fun to speak to people about the saving knowledge of Jesus. And discipling messages are kind of hard for me. And uh, one of the things you're going to learn is, uh, if you thought I was a really nice guy, you might not think that at the end of this. Because you gotta, you're going to have to hear what I deal with. Or I sh- Let me rephrase that. You're going to have to hear what God deals with in dealing with me. So uh, I'll apologize in advance. But I'm going to start off by uh, um, praying about this, all right? Father God, thank you so much for this... Uh, this opportunity, God, to uh, just worship you in this uh, in this building in Kiowa, God, I just thank you that uh, the the congregation that's here, those of us that uh, are watching online, God, I pray for um, those that uh, want to be here couldn't. Uh, God, I want to lift up those that are uh, suffering physically. Mentally, depression, anxiety, stuff like that. God, I, you know, you know who we are, and uh, God, I pray that you will prepare our hearts for your message tonight, and that we would keep it in our hearts, but not be selfish with it. With it, that we would take it outside of this sanctuary and share it with the world, Lord. Give us, help us to encourage each other, and help us to live our lives in a way that would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. So, real quick, I just got out of the Grand Canyon, and uh, so I'm still a little wild man-ish, you know, because we were sleeping in the, uh, you know, when you're sleeping in the in the outback or whatever, uh, you kind of forget the rules of society, and then you get back there, and you know, regular people freak you out, and we freak regular people out, you know, so. Uh, but anyways, the I'm gonna. We had a great time. My wife dropped us off at the North Rim, hiked 14 miles down in. We uh, set up camp at a place called Phantom Ranch. That's at the bottom. Of, for those of you that don't know it, there's a there's a. It's not a ranch, but it's a. Um, it's got a little cantina. There's some cabins, campground. There's running water, flush toilets. It's like 
super cool. And the moon was really bright. It was beautiful. We did a, a night hike without headlamps because it was so bright. It was wonderful. And we hiked out. Uh, two days ago, we hiked out. And uh, that was hard, carrying a big pack. But uh, we met someone on the way down. Uh, she was uh, hiking by herself and was a little worried about doing the hike by herself, so she hung with me and Cade. Uh, Cade and I got to talk to her a lot about Jesus, and she, uh, we got to pray with her. And when I, I don't even think Chelsea knows about this, but when I was at the top, I was sitting at a bench while you were in getting food. Mom was, my mom was in the bathroom, Cade was, or you guys were at the gift shop, and this guy walks over to me and just starts praying over me at the rim of the Grand Canyon. Uh, I, his name was Henry. And uh, uh, we had just been talking. He took a picture of us. There was a guy that took a picture of us. And he was talking about how he had COVID. He was in the hospital for a year and this. And we just visited a little bit of small talk. And then he's like, oh, there's my family. And as he's getting up to leave, he goes, hang on. And he just prays all these blessings over me in Jesus' name. And uh, so uh, the... The canyon, I, I received blessings uh, far and above just being in, in God's creation, which was awesome. So uh, I titled this message, Is Forgiveness Possible? And that might sound like a dumb question, but by the time I'm done rambling through my story, you may understand why I would ask that. Of course, forgiveness is possible, right? Because we stand on, we, that's what our theology stands on, is the blood and the blood shed on the cross for us, for our forgiveness, for our salvation, right? Okay, so we know that, that uh, forgiveness is possible. <clears throat> During the Last Supper, uh, in Matthew 26:28, Jesus says to them, "This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for <clears throat> poured out for the forgiveness of sins." Okay, so we already know, and re remember that too. The blood is poured out for the forgiveness of sins, right? Okay, and if if you if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, let's, let's visit about that a little bit. I'm not saying you've got to come forward, but the blood is very important. But a lot of this message is <clears throat> for Christians that are having trouble forgiving and especially forgiving other Christians. Okay, so, uh, and that's, that's really hard because we're Christians. We're supposed to forgive, right? And... It's hard to, to come out, even in a, if you're a spiritual leader, it's hard to come out and say, yeah, I don't do this part of Christianity very good. And uh, I'm sorry for all those that think I'm some kind of good Christian, but I don't do forgiveness really good. And I'm going to go through a story of how God got me to where I can do forgiveness really good, okay? So, and it's, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, when the trucker cuts you off and you, you cuss him and, and you grumble and then you're like, okay, I'm sorry. God, please bless, you know, that's e that, that forgiveness is easy for me, okay? It wasn't always easy, but it is now. 
I'm talking about some deeper stuff. When you've had, you know, let me just say this. You all know a grumpy old man besides me? Do you know any grumpy old man, grumpy old women? Uh, I guarantee you when we were 18 years old, we didn't say, wow, I hope I grow up to be a crusty old man that doesn't trust anybody. But we end up there because life's hard and people will stab you in the back. They'll twist it, they'll break off the handle. Okay, that happens. And uh, that's what I want to kind of dive into a little bit tonight, if that's all right with you. So, okay. I'm going to tell you a story, and hopefully I don't ramble too long, but uh, my dad, when he was alive, he was the greatest man I knew. Um, Love him. Love him to this day. Um, My mom and my dad divorced when I was really young. I lived in Salt Lake with my mom. My dad lived in Helena. My dad only had a job so that he could fly fish on the weekends. And I spent summers with him, and I counted the hours living with my mom, going to school where all I wanted to do is be a professional fly fisherman, and, uh, and make it back up to my dad. So I spent summers with my dad, school years with my mom, and every year I'd go up. We lived in Helena, so we were about a 30-minute drive from a lot of really good fly fishing. We went to Yellowstone twice a year, beginning and the end of every summer, and uh, I basically had the, a dream childhood because of this. It was, if you like the outdoors, I loved fly fishing. I never got to hunt with my dad because he was always, uh, I was with my mom during hunting season and he was always killing something and I got to taste some of it when I got there from the freezer. But fly fishing was, I pretty much thought that uh, my purpose in life at that time was to be a professional fly fisherman. I uh, didn't know how, I guess I could have ended up being a guide or something. But uh, anyways, my dad was the greatest man in my life. He was, I didn't know Jesus at the time, and he was bigger than God to me. And when I was 13, he killed himself. And I didn't really know how to deal with that. I blamed it on my mom because I could have I kept him from killing himself if she would have let me live with him during the school year instead of just the summer. So I never, I couldn't forgive my mom for, for uh, and I blame my mom for my dad's death, which is, I know, horrible. I, I told you you were going to learn some bad things about me. And uh, so I had all this anger towards my mom about my dad abandoning me, which I found out later was a thing. And uh, anyways... I was, uh, from 13 to 19, was a very turmoil-filled time in my life. I acted out and did things wrong just because someone told me not to do it. Uh, And I justified all that because of my situation. 
And a lot of the people around me justified that because of my situation. And I fed on that. And looking back now, I knew I was wrong in all those choices. I knew what I was doing was wrong. But I rode that, um, I just rode the, the uh, I don't know, just my excuses of, well, because of my dad's death and that I hate my mom, and we didn't get along. I was emancipated at 17, which I thought at the time was the greatest thing ever because I had all this freedom. And my pride became, I didn't realize it at the time either, but my pride became probably my worst enemy. I start rodeo when I'm 16. Benny Patrick gives me my first Bible when I'm 17. I, uh, New Year's Eve when I'm 19, sober, uh, because I hadn't been sober for a long time, uh, I finally start reading my Bible, and I, I, uh, it, this Bible, this cowboy Bible I had was giving me all these different, um, verses to go to, and I, I end up in tears just realizing how, uh, worthy I was of God's love all of a sudden, you know, because I thought I was, I didn't believe that I was worthy, and I, I realized that there was forgiveness, that forgiveness for me was possible. I asked Jesus into my life. I've become a saved individual, and uh, I am on fire for God. And I, I didn't really know that I was going to be called into the ministry. I just thought, well, you got to get some Jesus. You know, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's awesome. I didn't think, <clears throat> but, I was, uh, but I still couldn't forgive my mom for keeping me from saving my dad. So, in spite of having salvation, and the Bible says that uh, if you forgive, your Heavenly Father will forgive you, right? And uh, I worried a little bit about, well, wait a minute. I haven't forgiven this person. Am I really forgiven? Yes, you are, okay? Yes, you are. If you haven't forgiven someone, I'm going to, I'm going to take you through a, an idea that's going to get you there, okay? So because you're holding some grudges and some unforgiveness in your heart, we're going to, I'm going to show you a way to get past that. I'm not going to, it's not a magic wand, it's a process, okay? But if you've got bitterness that you're hanging on to, we're going to get past that, okay? So it's possible and it's going to happen. Whoever, I, I mean, you're, this is my story, your story is going to be different, but I'm just telling you my story so that you can see the victory in my life and that it's possible in yours. So, fast forward to, I meet the love of my life, my daughter's born, I'm holding her for the first time, and I'm like, holy cow, if anybody tries to touch her, I'm going to kill him. You know, I'm like, wow, I'll... And I'm like, I'll never leave you. And I'm sorry about being such a helicopter parent, because I probably am, you know. But, and she lives in Missouri now, but I think I would want to be there for her if she needed me. You know, I feel like I still can be that, that uh, father for her. But, and I'm sorry that I probably have been a little too overprotective and things like that. But I just remember holding her and thinking, man, wash your hands before you come in. The, you know, I was so, I was such a, dad, I guess. And, and then I'm like, I'm never going to leave you. And probably, I remember I didn't sleep for a while because I'm like, you know, 
my dad left me, and he, he uh, abandoned me, and it was the greatest person in my life, and the time after, you know, after his death was so hard on me, and I just was like, what a, what a jerk to do that to me, you know, and he did it to me, and, and I felt really bad about blaming my mom, so all that anger towards my mom immediately went towards my dad, so I'm such a mess, I, I, uh, I gotta be hateful and, and angry toward, and unforgiving towards somebody, so it's not my mom anymore, it's my dad. My mom and I, we are reconciled fully, praise God. Love my mom. We went three years without speaking, and I regret that. I wish that never would have happened. And, uh, um, but I remember asking her, I had to, you know, I, I couldn't forgive my mom. Well, I had to go ask her for forgiveness. And I said, Mom, I treated you so horrible. You did the best you could, you know, being a single mom with this angry teenager. My brother had already, by the time my dad died, my brother was already in the military and overseas, so he couldn't help my mom uh, put me into place. So mom was doing the best she could with what she, what my dad left her with, you know, and uh, she, I'd said something, and I, we got past that, and we're close, her and my kids are close, and she says something to me a few years ago, we were in Arizona at Christmas, and she says, you know, Dave, you need to forgive me, and I'm like, for what? I was the, I was the bad person in this relationship, and she says, no, I was getting sober right then, and I didn't know how to be an adult parent without booze. And I was a very immature, sober person for a long time, and you need to forgive me for that. And I said, done. Forgiven. That was easy. Okay. And I'd, and, uh, but I'm still angry with my dad. But it's not bothering me. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I couldn't even talk to someone that said they had considered suicide. It would make me want to fight them because I was so angry at how it made me feel. And I'm like, if someone had said it, I'd call them a selfish SOB and tell them how horrible they are to, to their family to even think that, you know? I couldn't even be sensitive towards someone who was depressed that much. I was so, it was really, uh, it was really hurting my opportunity to be able to, to help depress people, you know? And uh, my, my uncle Dick and my Aunt Betty, the great, the good Hoffmans, they, uh, they had told me when my dad was a teenager, he got saved at this like outdoor fish and Bible camp thing. And he was like preaching in tongues and stuff. And, and they were telling me about this and I couldn't sleep and I'm talking to my wife and she's, I'm like, I'm really having trouble with this. She's like, for what? And I go, well, I can't punch my dad out in heaven. And, and she goes, yeah, you have to forgive him. And I, and I knew I had to forgive him. I'm like, okay, dad, you're forgiving yourself a son of a, you know, and <clears throat> And it wasn't working. I was saying it, but it was just noise coming out of my mouth. I wasn't truly forgiving him. And uh, I know I had people praying for me. Chelsea, uh, my wife's name is Chelsea. Her mom, uh, Cindy, she really um, prayed for me. And she would, 
she would uh, help me. God spoke to me through my in-laws a lot. Thank God for them. But uh, I was so upset that I couldn't forgive him. I knew I needed to forgive him, and it just wasn't happening. He didn't deserve my forgiveness. And uh, someone told me, nobody that you forgive deserves forgiveness, ever. Forgiveness only goes to those it doesn't deserve. And it opened my eyes, and I, it, didn't, I, it didn't happen yet, but it opened my eyes. I'm like, wow, okay. That's a great, it just different perspective. I'm still praying to God. I'm like, God, help me forgive forgive my dad. I know this is wrong, and I couldn't do it. And I, this is how bad it was. I wanted my dad. I didn't think he deserved heaven because of what he did to me. And now realizing that he's saved and probably going to be there, I have this, now I have hope in it. But uh, I was upset, and, I'm, and uh, I kept trying to think of what was going on in his mind at the time. You know, I'm 20 years old and I'm still trying to figure out what my dad was thinking when I was 13. It was silly. But that's, your, your brain does silly things like that. But I read a book by Tony Dungy. He's a football coach. Amazing man. The book was called Quiet Strength. And it changed my life. Anybody could read that book. I don't care if you're having trouble with forgiveness or anything. Anybody could read that book and you'll come out of it better on the other end, I promise. But there was a chapter in there about, I don't know if you know this, but Tony Dungy's teenage son killed himself. And he always, I thought to my, when I read that, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I could never handle one of my kids doing it. I never could, you know. And uh, he always talked about his son Lovingly, He never called him selfish. He never, all the things that I said negative about my dad, he never said any of those things in, in, the, in the chapter. And he always said, for reasons we'll never understand. He did this. For reasons he'll never understand. And I found out that the more I tried to figure out what my dad was thinking when that happened, the crazier it made me. And God told me, I'm not going to tell you what he was thinking. This is not, uh, this is between me and you at this point. You have to trust that I'm in control of all of this, including my heart. Because I didn't, you know, I was so, my pride, I had this heart that was hard in an area. I think I could be soft in others. But when I finally turned that loose, I felt like, and I was, I was rodeoing at the time. I was fit. I, ha, I could probably, I, you know, I could bench a lot. I, I was running five or six miles a day. I was just this, um, I was an athlete. And when I gave that up, when I finally forgave my dad, and I finally am at this point where, God, I so am excited to see him in heaven again. Uh, I felt like a thousand pounds lighter. All of a sudden, it was like I was a Porsche or a Mustang or some supercar that was pulling a, 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 a train full of coal 40 miles long and, some, and then just pulled the pin and now I could let the horses run, baby. You know, it really felt like I'm, it's, 
Forgiveness is the best antidepressant and anti-anxiety medicine I've ever taken. And uh, anyways, I, it, it, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it because it was so amazing. And it is so great to think of my dad in a loving way now. You know, I would, it's going to be so great to catch fish with him, you know, up there. That's so awesome. Where before, I, it was just dragging me down, and it was ruining relationships or potential relationships. Now, I can counsel someone that has considered suicide. I can tell them, uh, I can give them the family's point of view, saying, look, this is, your, it, it, the, if they knew how much pain it caused, they'd never do it. They fall for a lie where Satan tells them the world's better off without you, and that's, and that's it. That's as simple as you, if, if anybody's dealt with this, that's just the simple end of it. If someone commits suicide, they've just fallen for the lie that the devil tells them that the world would be better off without you, and, and that's it. Don't try and figure it out any further than that. If they, and I guarantee it, if they knew how much pain you are going through or went through, they'd never do it. Forgive them. Don't hold it against them. Uh, let it go, and we'll see them again someday, hopefully, if they knew the Lord, like my dad did, right? So anyways, that's the, that's the, I know this is a long, <clears throat> this is a long story, but, and it's great, great, feels great, right? I mean, I hope you guys are feeling, but then someone else stabs you in the back, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, you're blaming me for your, your failed marriage is my fault? You know, it's, I mean, things like that, and I'm just, I am not forgiving this person until they ask for forgiveness or until they, they apologize to me. Not, okay, we're, we're ruining the relationship with that person. We're ruining this relationship. And we're ruining potential relationships around us. And maybe even with the... When we... Unforgiveness only leads to one thing. Pain. And not just here. Not just us. When we don't forgive someone, we cause the people around us pain. Okay? Forgiveness only leads to joy. Even if the person that you forgive, you want a relationship and it's never going to happen again, that's all right. Forgive them. Forgive them anyways. Even if they don't want your forgiveness, forgive them. You have to do that for this relationship and for the relationships with your family. You have to forgive those that have broken that knife off in your back. When you do it, you even, it's like it never happened. It, and we don't have to forget but we do have to forgive, okay? It doesn't mean that we let our uncle sleep on the couch for the 15th time after, you know, 20 tries at rehab. You know, I'm not saying you got to, you, you need to protect yourselves and your family, but don't let what they did to you in between future relationships. And that's the whole grumpy old man thing is because were so hurt from what happened when I was 13, what happened when I was 25, 
that I'm just not going to have any more relationships with anybody, and that's, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism, okay? Does anybody here want to be a grumpy old man? I hope not. And I've been there, trust me. The Now, I, I went through my story, but if you're... I don't know if anybody here or anybody watching online is having this trouble. I know that people here have had trouble forgiving other people. I know that. That's a, that's a fact of life. Forgiveness is not a human attribute. Okay? Our human nature wants revenge. Right? That's... Forgiveness is divine. Okay? What did I say if, when, when I first was reading the, during the Last Supper? the blood of the covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins, we can go to the cross and get strength from the blood to forgive right now. Okay? Uh, also understand that you have, I'm going to go to uh, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.29 is like my one of my favorite verses, which is, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building each other up according to their needs. It's my, uh, it's my verse for encouragement. And uh, it, it's crazy because just after that is in verse 31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. And when we're unforgiving towards someone, those are the feelings we get towards that person or people. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Okay? One of the best ways that God has uh, changed my perspective when it comes to forgiveness is he said, hey, I know this guy wronged you, but look in the mirror. I know all your stuff, big boy, and it ain't great. And however this person is making you feel, you've made someone else feel that way. I'm sorry to tell you that, but someone else has felt hurt because of something you've done to them. So not only do we have to give forgiveness, but we need forgiveness from our brothers, sisters, family, friends, whatever. And we may get it, we may not. But uh, another one of my very, very favorite verses is in Ezekiel 36, 26. Because this is me, man. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Remember that, Ezekiel 36, 26, okay? If you're having trouble forgiving someone, I want you to memorize this. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Who's doing the removing and the giving? Not me, right? Jesus does that for us. We 
can't do it on our own, okay? We can't just be like, all right, I'm going to be so strong that I'm going to forgive today. That's the wrong attitude. You're not going to forgive anybody. You're just going to get more angry and, and uptight. And you know what happens when you do that and you have a heart of stone? You're just putting iron around that stone, making it harder and harder. But what can God do? He doesn't just soften your heart. He takes the heart of stone out and gives you a heart of flesh. And uh, it's so, and it's, we got to continually go back and ask for that fleshly heart. Because, you know, my forgiving my dad was just ginormous. And I thought, wow, I did it. I can forgive. I'll never have a problem with this ever again. <laughs> and then someone stabs me in the back. I'm like, nope. <sighs> nope. Nope. Not until they apologize. Well, when they, they don't know what they did to me and they need, you know, I'm going to make them suffer what I went through and then I'll, then I'll forgive them. That's not what God calls us to do. And I hope you know, did, did you all know that God created you to be joyful? Did you know that? If you know that God created you to be joyful, raise, raise your hand. Okay. Who here thinks that God created you to be miserable? Right on. We're, we, I believe that misery is self-inflicted. There is bad things that happen in life, okay? By the way, there's no easy life, hard life, good life, bad life. There's just life, okay? And it's, it's you've got to get past this thing happened to me, that thing happened to me. You know, it, where we're at right here, I don't know, we spend 70 to 100 years on the planet. We're going to spend eternity in heaven, so the suffering that we go through here doesn't compare to the greatness that we will experience with God in heaven. I'm, I'm kind of excited to meet Henry again someday. You know, the guy that prayed over me at the Grand Canyon that I, I probably won't ever see here again. But I imagine over time of eternity, I might run into him again up there, you know. Uh, and... But I, I just want you, my challenge, this is my challenge to you. I know I got long here. Um, my challenge here is find that person or persons in your life that you need to forgive. Who do you hold a grudge against? Do you know how many people have not spoken to their sister because of who they picked for their bridesmaid or what is the best ride of honor? Or how many guys don't talk to a family member or friend because of their best, who they pick for their best man? Uh, what a waste of time, energy, and misery. Any time spent in misery is, is wasted time. Grief is different than misery, Okay. When we have grief, we need to grieve. But misery, I think, is self-inflicted, and, and we need to, and I think forgiveness is the best way out of misery. 
God calls us to love our neighbors ourselves and um, who, it's really hard to love someone that you hold a grudge against, but that's what we're called to, called to. So the only way to do that is forgive them. You know, when we, uh, when we love those that hate us, or that, and you know what's crazy is the people we think hate us, a lot of times don't. And once we get through this process, we realize there never was the conflict that we thought was there wasn't ever even there. We were just creating it up here. You know, I worry about so many things that never happen. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I think forgiveness and love is the, the key to the end of misery, the beginning of joy. And um, what's the opposite of division? Unite? Uh, bring it. Bring us, yeah, that's funny. Uh, unity, thank you. I think it's the love and forgiveness is the key to unity, right? You can't, who's a bigger jerk? I'm so bad about when someone says something uh, passive aggressive to me, I can't just be like, uh, you know, I have to say something back. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> who's a bigger jerk? The guy who's a jerk first or the guy that's a jerk back? We just multiplied jerkiness. You know, you have one jerk, you got two jerks. You know, God doesn't need any more jerks in the world, right? So who's worse? The first jerk or the second jerk? And I'm usually the second one. And so sorry to any of you I've done that to. I'm sorry. Uh, but I want you to find that person you hold a grudge against. And then I want you to ask God to take away your heart of stone and to give you a heart of flesh. Does that make sense? Is, I mean, okay. I hope I'm making sense here. And I'm sorry I uh, drug this out. I was trying to make this, I was hoping to be a little bit shorter. But, <clears throat> and I want you to find that person. I don't, and you don't have to call them or te text them. Maybe that's what you got to do. Is just tell your person that you were friends with aren't anymore, whatever, that you love them or whatever. Maybe that'll help. But you just need to forgive them to fix your relationship here and then your relationships out here. Because if I'm grouchy with, how, how fair is it to my wife if I'm grouchy with someone that, chewed my butt today at work and then I come home and I snap at her over it. That's not fair to her or my kids or anybody. You know, so remember when we forgive that butt chewing that we might have deserved, uh, when we forgive that, we're going to, when we get home, our relationship with our wife and kids or whoever, family, friends, is going to be much better than if we don't forgive. Okie doke. Questions, comments, email Kevin. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, if, again, if, if anybody wants to, uh, if you've got a certain situation you want me to pray about over, um, or if you're struggling with a certain situation that's similar to mine or, or, or not, maybe not even close, 
but you're just having trouble forgiving, hit me up. I might be able to help. So, all right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this evening, Lord. Thank you for everybody that's here. Thank you for everybody online. God, I just uh, I thank you for your son. I thank you for just the blood that was shed to forgive us and to bring us to forgive others. Lord, forgive me for being a grouchy old man and forgive me for holding grudges. And I just pray that I can keep this message in my heart and that when the next thing that hurts my feelings happens that I can forgive them and, uh, and share this message with others, God. Pray your special blessings over everybody here, everybody watching. In Jesus' name, amen.